Hello and welcome to the Moncast, a podcast where we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem and discuss the similarities and differences that they share. My name's Sam. And my name's Stevie. And the score currently stands at 1819 to Pokemon. And this time we're watching episode 38, Battling Eevee Brothers and Prophecy. first episode we are watching this time is the battling eevee brothers the gang are in a forest as usual when they come across an eevee seemingly abandoned in a hollow tree they find an address on its tag and decide to return it when they arrive they come across a group of four brothers all with matching evolutions and outfits the three older brothers are throwing a party for their younger brother and it's time for him to decide what his eevee will evolve into team rocket appear and steal everything from the party pokemon evolution stones and food included the gang track them down and fight them ending in the younger brother using Eevee to send them blasting off. He admits to his brothers that he doesn't want to evolve his Eevee, as he loves it for what it is. It starts off with the gang in a forest again, because that's all they do nowadays, is just be in a forest. And then they come across Eevee that's just abandoned. And it's like, this is dumb. It looks really sad. It is really sad. It's been left behind, and it doesn't know why. It doesn't make any sense why it's just been left there. He could have just put the Eevee in a Pokeball. But they would have just asked him to take it out of the Pokeball. And he could have just said that it's not here. It would have served the same purpose. But then Ash and Co. wouldn't be able to stumble across it. And that's where the plot begins. In this episode, they they literally stumble across the plot. I don't mind that. Yeah, it wasn't the worst. I mean, I've had episodes where the plot just falls from the sky on them or they're just there because why not and this this is a bit like that quite often officer jenny just ropes them into the plot or nurse joy or someone's parent a lot of the times it's someone's parent yep so they find an eevee and they have to take it to this place that's next to evolution mountain and i was like that's very plot convenient name yeah it's stone town at the foot of evolution mountain so they return it to this party and then we get to see all the evolutions that exist in the first generation which begs an important question which one's your favorite evolution well in my nuzlocke i've currently got jolteon who's called vaporeon okay jolteon's my favorite and then i named it vaporeon for a joke as the nickname yeah i'm not too fussed about the first three i like them all just as much as the other one it's a small element dog i think flareon's too poofy nah it matches it matches fire no it just looks cuddleable yeah and that's great Fire makes you warm and cosy. It also burns you. It could be like Ponytar, which is just horse on fire. It could just be dog on fire. I think my favourite evolution happened with... I think Leafeon's my favourite, but that's that's going really far into the future. Yeah, that's like Gen 4. If I had to pick one of these, I honestly could take either and all. They're all just as cute and dog-like as them all. I think I used to like Vaporeon a fair amount, but they, I think now if I had to if I had to pick Flareon because it's really fluffy and I assume it would be warm to hug. But second question, who's your favourite brother? I don't care for her. Two of them have names. Do you know all three of their names? I don't think the electric brother gets a name. Oh, he's called Sparky. I don't think they actually say it in the episode, or if they do I didn't catch it. But I know that the fire brother is called Pyro. And the water brother is called Rainer. And the nothing brother is called Mikey. Which means he wouldn't be able to have, like, any other 
evolution because his name doesn't make sense and his outfit and hair colour doesn't make sense. Unless there's a sound evolution. One of the problems I have with this episode, and I'll talk about it later in more detail, but it's my favourite thing because I love it and I also really hate it. And it's the anime thing where a character has a name and stuff relating to what they do. For example, like Duplica, who copies people. And like there's a guy in the Orange Islands called Tracy Sketchit who literally draws pokemon things like this in anime kind of bother me and this is it to the extreme their name is like pyro and then they have red hair and they have this outfit to match and they also have a flurry on it's like what's this person going to be other than a guy with superpowers that involve fire or some sort of fire fanatic what happens if he likes water type pokemon you you have no idea but nope he's called pyro since birth and now he likes fire pokemon well he's always like fire pokemon and he has to get one that's specific to him which is flareon so he has to get flareon-esque hair and stuff it's a weird anime trope so why is it your favorite thing it's the thing that one of the things that bother me bothers me about anime just pushed to the foreground in such a drastic way like that all their names are so specific to this one element and they have a haircut that's like there are four brothers there and each child has a different hair color they have like protagonist hair which is always extreme and loud you've not said anything really positive about it so i don't know how it's going to be your favorite thing talk about it when we get to it leave people in suspense of so there's a reference to the games in this which is when the guy pokes a polywhirl with a water stone and it evolves into polywrath and he says congratulations your polywhirl evolved into polywrath and it's like that's the quote used after your pokemon evolved in pokemon which i thought was quite good and then we just see lots and lots of these pokemon which have all evolved from stones and then we see team rocket who want to get their hands on the stones for some plot convenient reason and we see that they've been digging the mountain themselves to try and find the stones and they're really bad at it because Team Rocket are bad at everything and it's great. My note says uh, the guy just says thanks for the Eevee like it couldn't be Misty's at all. He just presumes it's the Eevee that's gone missing. It's like, oh, thanks for returning Eevee. Thank you so much and takes it off Misty. It has got a colour on it. But what happens if it's her Eevee? They don't know this. It's not her Eevee. It has the colour on it. But they maybe they couldn't see it. I don't know. They could see it with their eyes. Try to find a way to be negative towards them because they're weird. So then we meet Mikey, who is this tiny child with hair that looks like Evie's tail a little bit. He's basically supposed to be boring in design because he's the basic evolution, which is Evie in trainer form. Which to these guys is the worst thing in the world. They can't fathom not having Pokemon that evolve. Well, they can it's just not till the very end that Mikey tells them. And then they're like, oh, okay, cool. Which could have been solved in like 20 seconds. If he had just decided to tell them, then Evie wouldn't be in the forest. And then Ash wouldn't have been there. And it all would have been okay. But yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, they're talking to Ash and Co. about how they're all evolution stone people. And they evolve people's Pokemon for them. And then for some reason, there's a copy of pokemon friend magazine and i don't know why it's there it was pretty badly photoshopped in i think yeah it was badly photoshopped but brock goes over and says oh that's the latest copy of pokemon friend magazine and it's got an article about something or something i don't know something it's probably about evolution because it's an evolution party probably so then to of the brothers throw stones at Brock and Ash saying evolve your Vulpix into Ninetales and your Pikachu into Raichu and they're like no we don't really do this 
sort of evolution thing and the brothers just can't seem to comprehend the fact that you don't always want to just evolve a pokemon to its final form well in the games you don't usually leave them unevolved maybe not most people i do i have like a haunter instead of a gengar and i have a cubone instead of a marowak you can only evolve haunter by trading it which is different to using a stone i bet you have a pokemon on your team that's evolved using a stone though although ground types don't usually use stones do they ironically okay nidoking haha that's only because it gets its ground type when it evolves from nidorino to nidoking so that's why i have to use a stone on it so you're just like every other trainer you're just as bad as these brothers with a moonstone, it's not the same thing. Still an evolution stone. Taken from Evolution Mountain near Stone Town. I just didn't even think about it being called Stone Town. That actually makes sense, but in a bad way. This entire episode is, let's just call things what they are, because we can't be bothered with actual creative names. So one thing I do like in this episode is it's got like a slight misty slant to it. She does more than Ash does in this episode. She goes and talks to the kid and says you know what do you want for evie and that's when he admits to her that he kind of just wants evie to stay evie because he likes evie for what it is which is cute and understandable and makes sense hair wise basically he doesn't want to ever grow up he's frightened of puberty this is not an analogy for puberty it is okay you can you can believe that it's true i mean all the other brothers have quite clearly gone through puberty they've gone through hair dye and some sort of lycra shop they're all taller they've had the growth spurts they've had the change They've used their evolution stones. Give me your tightest blue lycra suit. And give me a water stone, because I may as well be the blue one. I mean, these guys have already got red and yellow. I can't exactly pick another red one, because we'd look exactly the same and have the same Pokemon. Kind of feel obligated to get Vaporeon now, which is kind of upset, because fire types are my favourite Pokemon. Now I've got the water one. They're probably triplets. Yeah, but this is anime land, so they're all like, yep, yeah, I'm obsessed with this one specific one. I wonder what their parents are like. I wonder if their parents are like, I don't know, Mr. and Mrs. E.V. Or his name's like Eric Von Lucian and Erica Von Lucian. So she is talking to Mikey and says something really nice, which is just be honest with yourself and whatever you decide is up to you. And then just let them know. And then she also decides to go, yeah, I was going to keep that Eevee involved into Vaporeon. I was actually going to kidnap your Pokemon. I was going to take your Pokemon you abandoned in a forest because you didn't know how to deal with responsibility. But you know, you can keep it. That's fine. That's all well and good. It clearly loves you and you clearly love it. He doesn't seem that attached to it at first. No. He just seems sort of, uh, it's Eevee won't leave me alone. Like, he doesn't really know how to deal with having a Pokemon. It's because he's not ready to grow up yet. It might be an analogy for growing up and making choices and becoming who you're going to be in the future. Even if that is a lycra-wearing triplet. So Team Rocket appear and they're doing the motto and they're also scarfing down food whilst doing the motto. And it's like, oh, bless them. They're so broke. They just have no money for anything. The food is the main thing that they want. Wouldn't you want the food? It looks delicious. I would also attack that party just to get the food. James has a mouthful of food and tells Weezing to use smokescreen or something. And then in 10 seconds, Team Rocket managed to steal all of the Pokemon, all of the Evolution Stones and all of the food, which is quite an achievement. And then they do something I thought was really good, which is you see the balloon flying away and Ash sends out Pidgeotto and then he gets it to attack the balloon and the balloon pops and it falls to the ground and they're not in there. And I was like, that's actually pretty good. They seem to have learnt from their mistakes. And escaped in the Team Rocket car. In the Rocket Mobile, which is not shaped like a rocket, unfortunately. Or like a Pokemon. I was hoping it would be shaped like, I don't know, a Magikarp again. I'd like that. It would be the Magikarp. 
Yes, the magic car. P. But then they do something which I thought they shouldn't really do, and it was just they stopped and relaxed. And I was like, just just keep driving for hours. Don't drive like maybe ten minutes away and then stop and eat food. They make this mistake quite often. This seems to be there every time they succeed, they have a, a victory meal, and this seems to be what lets them down, which is unfortunate for them because they do successfully steal Pokemon every once in a while. So they're deciding what they should evolve Eevee into, and they all have different choices because, of course, they would. And then. Team Rocket decide that they should just mash the stones together because that would be a good idea. I'm legitimately interested in what would happen if they just gave Eevee all the stones at the same time. Maybe it would turn into some sort of weird freak. I would like to see it. So Ash calls out Squirtle and Squirtle uses Water Gun. But then when you see it blast, it's a really weak one. And then it turns and it's Psyduck using Water Gun. And then Team Rocket are laughing and then Ash is like okay Squirtle you do it and it just hits James and James just goes flying and I think that's really good because Psyduck's still doing the I can help too I'm really good at this he's pretty rubbish you're not good at all until you suffer the right amount but still I like Psyduck it's it's good to see Psyduck trying to just jump in and fight just to prove itself to Misty and speaking of Misty I love it when she calls Jesse a hag and there's that bitch she's like did you just call me a hag and she just gets really angry and I was like yeah this is kind of Kind of funny. I kind of find it funny just because I like seeing Jessie get annoyed. She's quite vain. Yeah, yeah. Especially with that hairstyle. You kind of have to have some level of maybe vanity just to have a giant purple stream of hair behind you. But then again, they're supposed to be teenagers and I can see them being rebel teenagers with purple and bluish hair. And then a battle ensues. There's Rainer, Pyro and Sparky all using their evolutions and they all get attacked and beaten because they have to because that's what it is and then it just it's down to mikey and his eevee because they saved them all at one point and then he gets eevee to use takedown and it's running and running and running and then he says rage tackle i don't think that's a move it's two moves in fact he used three moves if you break them down use takedown rage and tackle and then hit uh team rocket and they blasted off because this tiny one foot tall dog hit them use Three moves at once, I guess. So maybe don't spend all that time making Mikey focus on which EV Lucian he's going to have and maybe teach him how to fight because you can't just keep saying moves until they win. Well, it works just fine. It kind of works, yeah, but also maybe get him to learn more moves than what if you can learn because I'm, I'm pretty sure it doesn't learn rage. Mikey's EV is special. Yeah, it's super special because it's going to stay in EV forever. Mikey still believes he can escape puberty. I'm trying to ignore this analogy for puberty because it's weird. It's just Mikey's afraid of growing up. And having to pick one of the three paths he's given. I guess the moral of the story is you don't have to make major decisions when you're really young. Especially when you're like a tiny child who doesn't come up to like your brother's waist. So yeah, they turn the party into a celebration about Mikey being himself, which he could always do it was inside him all along the power of friendship and then they have to have a photo because they need a photo and Psyduck goes to set the photo and then falls over and then his butts is visible in the photo and I thought that was really cute it was a cute photo it was a cute ending to the episode and team rocket are depressed because they're back on loser food but they will be champions they shall be champions at some day and I'd, I'd honestly watch a series devoted to team rocket more than ash and co yeah, Team Rocket's more entertaining. They're the ones that bring anything to the episodes anyway. Yeah, definitely. If they weren't there, it'd just be like, oh yeah, we saw a thing and then we were friends, yay. Instead of, they stole all the Pokemon and now we have to go get them back. Favourite things. I love it, but I also really hate it. And it's this anime trope of 
characters who have to do these things have to have names and outfits but in this they decide to just dial it up to 11 and go okay not only will they have the names they're going to have outfits and they're going to have hairstyles and they're get, their life is going to be this one specific pokemon okay so you just like the facts that they really over exaggerate it yeah it's just super literal my favorite thing is eevee because it's cute okay short and simple explanation eevee's quite unique with its evolution tree especially in pokemon where there's this becomes this becomes this i mean there have been variants throughout the show but this is one of the first examples of this can become three separate things in the second generation they change it to happiness and it can evolve and it has to basically evolve so it no longer can just be an eevee naturally it will evolve into an umbreon or espeon no you can just press b you can't there's no press b for real life eventually mikey will have to grow up he can get an Espeon or an Umbreon and then he has to dye his hair purple or black and then has to get purple or black Lycra. Good for him. Overall thoughts. It was okay. I liked that it explored stone-based evolution and it had a little focus on Misty because she did a lot more than Ash did and it was nice. It was a pretty good filler episode. I enjoyed seeing all the evolutions. It was nice. It kept me entertained. The second episode we're watching is Prophecy. The sky is darkened by the wings of many bats. The fallen people invoke the name of the undead Digimon King, and when the clock strikes the hour of the beast, the undead king reveals himself in his true form as the beast. Angels then shoot arrows of hope and light at the loved ones of those they've been sent to protect, and a miracle happens. Please always recycle, like I have recycled this prophecy into my plot synopsis. Digimon, it starts off with Ty kicking Myotismon's mask, which is weird because we saw him and the mask dissolve. We've also seen Myotismon crush Carrie's crest before, so continuity. And then exposition dump. Jenna goes, I've got the plot of this episode to hand. I think he says something along the lines of, I think I found a way to defeat him once and for all. But no one responds to this by going, he's not dead. They just all seem absolutely okay with that. Well, they're all pretty puzzled at the fog still being around. So they know something's up. Joe says a couple of minutes later that uh, Meritismon has been destroyed. And it's like, okay, but Jenai literally just said a prophecy out of nowhere, which is something... It's not a difficult prophecy, and it's not mysterious. Not really. It literally just explains, you go over here, and then you do this thing. And then this thing happens at this time. This is what's going to happen in this order in the future. Um, it's no mysterious. There's no riddle to it. It's just, this will happen, and then this. And then this. If we take one of the bigger prophecies that are known in media, maybe Harry Potter, there's a prophecy in that. It's something about a child being born of this time, being the one able to defeat the Dark Lord. It's vague enough. Okay, but which child and in what way is he able to defeat the Dark Lord? But in Digimon, it's just, okay, so there'll be lots of bats and then the thing will arise in its true form at this specific time. At some point, one of the kids, maybe Izzy at least, would have gone, hey, this thing, it reads... Kind of like an instruction manual for the future, especially with the two angels, because we have two angels. Kari has the Chris of Light now, and TK has hope. So there's hope and light, and firing arrows at their loved ones, it's, it's weird, okay? What happens if it's their parents, and they get it wrong, and they just basically murder their brothers? This prophecy is more of a weather forecast. It's a plot forecast. So when Joe is talking to his brother, they're suddenly dumping all this backstory onto Joe about what he wants to be when he grows up. And it's like, okay, but it doesn't really make any sense to talk about it right now. Yeah, it does sort of come out of nowhere talking about Joe's career plans. They do it with Izzy later on as well. 
No, but to see it's not as out of the blue. I feel like it shouldn't really be there. Let's talk about it now. Then um, it's just they decide to tell him that he's adopted. And okay, Izzy knew that. And his parents did know that he knew. So that's a thing for them. Okay, that's forgivable a little bit. But then they're like, yeah. And then they also died in an accident. It's like, oh, okay. Maybe just go one at a time with these things. Being dumped with all this extra stuff just while they've defeated a vampire thing kind of a weird place to do it so much stuff to throw on a tiny child or the coming queen to him about everything but now now of all times they've decided that he's grown up enough and it's an emotional time not a lot happens in this episode and they needed some things to fill in time and they decided to fill it in with izzy's thing with his parents that could have been sorted out at a different time there's no extra time what do you mean there's no extra time we don't get extra time next episode there's just like a big fight and then they fly off in the point in the structure of the plot you know maybe have it set like maybe have the conversations at a different time to you've just defeated the thing but also things are slightly weird well right now it's the space in between my autism on dying and being revived so it's safe there's nothing really happening right now they don't really know that it just seems like a weird place to fill it to put it in and i think they've put it in specifically to pad out this episode where else would they put it there's nowhere else to put it. I don't know. After all of the drama has stopped. I mean, there was still Digimon around. The drama has stopped at this point. Not really. It's kind of like it's an intake of breath and they're just waiting. Exactly. The drama stopped. <laughs> they're having a break. Okay. It's just an odd place to put it, I feel. It's the only place to put it. Okay. That's your opinion. I think it's dumb. I think it's fine. I think it's a nice conversation. Okay, can we at least just say that Kari is getting annoying with her, this is all our fault thing? Why does Kari have to go, I'll be the one who has to feel sad? Because that's Kari's character. Deal with it. I will not deal with it. I will not get over the fact this tiny child's like, I'm here now in the plot. Yes, it's my turn to know suffering. Everything from now on is my fault. And I will accept that because it's what I do. I'm choosing to blame Kari for everything. So after Kari decides that she is suffering incarnate, we see bats from somewhere. So, okay, this is the thing from the prophecy, guys. We should really look at this and, and mention it, but no one seems to. Well, Matt's family does. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, his dad actually just... Because they see all the bats. After that, Izzy has his little moment with his parents, but then now everyone is doing this talking thing. And it's weird and... Like, no one's gone, guys, it's the talking, like, people calling out the name of the thing and the, the bats. And then Izzy goes, do you guys remember that prophecy? It's like, oh, which one? The one that we heard, like, ten minutes ago. Maybe not even ten minutes ago. It's not really a prophecy if it's going to happen that soon. And there's nothing ambiguous about it. It's, it's not a thing that can be interpreted in many ways, so it's got an air of mystery to it. It's basically the writers going, here's the plot for the next episode, make sure this happens. And then Venom Myotismon appears and Matt's dad says that it, this is his true form. And I'm like, how do you know that, Matt's dad? That's exactly what it says in the prophecy. Matt's dad heard the prophecy. So there, that's how he knows. So it's all tense because there's a giant Myotismon thing in the air. And then it just eats Demi Devimon. And I don't know if you heard it or not, but it burps after. Just this tiny little burp. And like, oh, okay, well, there goes all the tension from this episode because this thing's a giant burpy thing. It's not scary anymore. It just wants to eat everything. All it talks about is being hungry. It's lost, like, all of its intelligence from being Man, and it's just become the beast. And it just needs to consume, and it needs to go to the convention centre to eat all their people. Which does kind of make sense. But then I'm also confused about whether my Otisman knew about the prophecy before or not. He must have known if that's how he was going to die. It just seems so tagged on. Did he know this prophecy and 
was there another prophecy about the eighth child that's different to this prophecy that I knew about? Like, was he given a different prophecy that was tailored for him? So in total, he's had two prophecies that are tailored to his life. That he'll be defeated by this eighth child. And then also, when he does be defeated, he will also come back because it's in the prophecy. But when he is defeated, he doesn't seem smug about it. He just seems terrified. And then somehow Demi Devamond is just like, aha, I know he's coming back. So Demi Devamond knows the prophecy? It's just one of these things in Digimon where the bad guy seems to have tons of information that they shouldn't have. And the kids get it as well somehow. But they also get maybe half of it. I mean, I could see the eighth child thing being part of this same prophecy, but for some reason it's not. And they're given these two bits and maybe they're separate prophecies, I don't know. But it's all about the same person. It's weird. Why doesn't Jenna just give them all the prophecies now instead of piecemeal as they go along? Because plot. Jedi sucks. So let's all evolve now happened and then Hey Digimon happened and all the tension from the episode just melted away. Except they didn't win. No, they didn't. And then Gatamon's like, I've got a plan. I've somehow come up with, and it's got maybe something to do with this mysterious prophecy about two angels because Gatamon is apparently more intelligent than all the other people in this entire show. Well, Gatamon's a champion level. There are also adults there and they heard two angels and also they have the kids there who also know that they have two angels. Most of the adults didn't see the angels. Okay, but the kids are there and they also know that they have two angels. They literally found out that they had Angel Woman maybe half an hour ago. It's all in the same day. All this convention stuff happens in like the same day. Uh, is this in an afternoon? Just a, a lazy afternoon of invasion and murder. So yeah, the prophecies mentioned at the start and no one goes, Hey, wait, did he say how we truly defeat him? No one seems to have noticed that, even though that's literally what he says. And then they're all just faffing about. It's like, no one heard this prophecy apart from Matt's dad. And Izzy, and Sora, and Ty, and Matt and Kari, and TK, and Joe, and Mimi. So they suddenly angel because now they can do it at will. And then Izzy calls Anjuman and Anjuman the fully evolved forms. So they're not, they're really not. We've, we've got ultimate forms and Anjuman we know is not his final form. We know he can go up to whatever levels you know. But you know, that happens. It's a dub mistake. And I've got a note that says, just one just keeps making jokes about food. And for me, it just... It, kills all the he's not serious anymore he's now just like i need food i'm hungry need to eat food gonna go to this place and eat some food and also make some puns aren't bad puns terrifying though sam izzy also calls venomotus mon a mega ultimate level izzy doesn't know the technical terms he's just making it up as he go along as he goes along trying to sound smart and then tentamon explains the prophecy and i'm like you don't need to explain it the, pro- the prophecy itself explains it it's called filling for time it is called stalling and filling for time because we don't know how to end this so we need to have this many episodes for this arc and then we've got the next one this episode isn't very long at all it's like exactly 20 minutes and also has a lot of evolutions yeah quite a few some of them are cropped down a bit and but we do get warp digivolving so yeah to do the prophecy they all have to fire arrows at matt and ty and they do the super no homo moment of oh i'm not scared but i'll hold your hand if you're scared because we're not allowed to have emotions because we're boys and this is what we do but even then they don't look concerned they're just smiling and it was about this point I noticed that the episode itself, like the animation's really flat and looks poorly drawn and the voice acting's so, yeah, we can go do this thing now. Okay, let's go over here and do this. And there's no like actual fear. Yeah, it's just a boring episode. It seems like this episode doesn't want to exist. No one seems concerned. Venom Myotis 1 doesn't seem 
amazed it's alive and didn't seem like oh this is all part of my plan no one seems to care about this prophecy which is going on that they all heard everyone's wrapped up in i don't know some sort of haze of i don't know what to do now and also have no emotion oh the thing we killed is back and bigger maybe show a little bit of concern a little bit maybe i don't know no one seems bothered it seems like everybody's having their own individual conversations and they're not really linking up together it just seems like a really clunky weird episode but then it ends with warp digivolving and i like warp digivolving yeah it's cool have you got any notes there was one joke from matt he says that venom mayotis mandos has been taking steroids and I found that funny because most kids probably wouldn't get that joke at all. I did like it when Metal Greymon and Wegurumon were attacking Venom Mightspan as well. Because they do some cool teamwork things. Like Wegurumon rides one of Metal Greymon's boob missiles. And that was cool to see them making an organised attack. Working together and being tactical somewhat. And also all of the Digimon worked together well when they were all rookies and were attacking the Bakemon and just slaughtered all of them, even though they were rookie forms. And we don't usually see the rookies fight that much anymore. Like, not since the very first episodes. It's always just Digivolve. So that was nice. Any more notes? I kind of want to jump into favourite thing. But Venom Myotismon's still nice enough to just wait around while they have soppy moments. He's nice enough just to let them have their little conversations with the parents and do all the Digivolving and doing all the figuring out the prophecy and stuff. Yeah, I can just imagine him standing there, like, checking his watch while they're working it out. He's like, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it, kids. Uh, you do your thing, I'm going to do my thing. Take your time. I'm in no rush. Nah, I've just come back from the dead, but, you know, it's fine. Favourite things? Yeah, uh, mine was Warp Ditch Evolving, because I like the passing through the stages really quickly. Because they could have had them go from Rookie to Champion, Champion to Ultimate, and Ultimate to Mega. But instead, they're just like, no, we'll just make it into one smooth animation where they appear, and they turn at an angle, then they turn into the next thing and turn at an angle. So it's kind of cool. I like Warp Ditch Evolving. I like the Mega Levels designs as well. Maybe, maybe. They're cool. They're both really well armoured. They're the most metal of them all. This one's more metal than Metal Greymon. It's more armour than anything. But yeah, I like the Mega Levels designs. They're really sleek. Is that your favourite thing? No, my favourite thing is Izzy. Because I always like Izzy and I liked the conversation with his family even though you hated it for some reason. I didn't hate it. It was a good conversation. I just felt like it, they came out of a really big, potentially traumatic, life-endangering event of Myotismon being a thing and they just decide to spill all this stuff to him there and then instead of maybe waiting until everybody's like a bit less emotional i was gonna actually no it makes sense here because no one seems and like no one's hysteric in this episode no one's emotional in this episode so most of the parents aren't really aware of what's going on bearing in mind because they don't know anything about digimon i suppose overall thoughts i've got in capital letters meh oh okay it was a very loud meh yeah i uh i think this episode is really clunky and it just it does things like it introduces a prophecy, which is literally this thing will happen at this time and then you must do this thing to these people and then this will happen. That's not a prophecy, that's instructions. And no one listens to them or thinks about it until it's happening. So what's the point? This episode has no point. It does feel like they're just tagging on this extra little bit at the, at the end of Motusmon's whole arc. But like the voice acting's super off and no one really sounds scared or anything. And there were puns and jokes, even like Fenomotusmon was cracking jokes and it just gets rid of all the tension that there was it just feels really flat and there's big moments like reveal that Fenomotus one's a thing and that he's back no one seemed too bothered they were like oh it's over there let's go fight it now and then the joe and easy stuff i felt like they were out of place joe's was out of place definitely 
Okay, yeah, at least Joe's was sort of thrown in there for some reason. Like, why is now the time to talk about his future whilst they're still potentially fighting something? It just, this episode feels like really poorly strung together and they had to come up with an idea of how they're going to resolve this. And they were like, okay, let's just give them these instructions. Okay, we can't really just get Jenna to email them with the instructions. And they were like, yes, we can. And we can just call it a prophecy. It's like, it's mm, not really how a prophecy does what it does. But it's fine. They can just go with that. It'll be okay. That was what this episode was. Just okay. I feel like if there were an episode where we could say, you know, maybe just give that a rewrite. I feel like this would be it. The cast essentially spend their time just waddling in a circle basically waiting for the next thing to happen and the next thing is just told to them what's going to happen and they're basically like okay we'll uh just vamp for 10 minutes and uh, let it happen and then it does and no one seems particularly bothered the end or the cliffhanger i guess which is okay it's not much of a cliffhanger it's pretty obvious that they're just going to kill it next time yeah we've seen it happen like this before so it's not going to be a massive surprise they just needed to have venom to spend more than one episode now it's time for Mono A Mono, where we talk about the similarities and differences in these episodes. So let's start with our Monsters of the Week. You can go first. Okay, mine's just going to be Evie again, because it's cute, and I really like Evie. Yeah, Evie's nice. Like I said, it's it's, it's nice to see this essentially a potential Pokemon, which can turn into so many things. Mine's a Pokemon as well, in the same sort of vein. It's all the evolved Pokemon. That's a lot of monsters. Stone Evolution's kind of cool, because it's not something that happens naturally, but like it's something you can control. It adds this layer of talking to your Pokemon and saying, you know, is this something you want to do? And we've seen Ash and Pikachu go through this before with the Thunderstone for Lieutenant Search, where they've said, you know, is this something you want to do? It's up to you. And it's cool to find a place where they have this and the Pokemon that can evolve. And there's this wide array of Pokemon who who do this, who can evolve using stones. And it's, it's pretty neat. It's pretty cool. Okay. Which episode do you think had the best storyline? Pokemon, because it was filler, but it wasn't boring i didn't pull the plot out from its bum and decided to go this is what we're doing this episode and it's gonna be really contrived and weird but there we go it at least this was like it made sense oh they found an eevee it had a tag they went to the place they met the pokemon team rocket appeared then they defeated team rocket it was very standard pokemon there were emotions in this episode. People had concerns and emotions in, in Digimon. Everyone was like, just not bothered. Half of Digimon was spent working out what was supposed to happen in the other half of Digimon. Even though they were told it so specifically. Similarities? I think in both of the episodes, it's pretty obvious what's going to happen like at the end of the episode. Yeah, okay, I'd buy that. So I worked out pretty quickly that he wasn't going to evolve his Eevee. Is it because of the hair? Is it the haircut? It's just obvious <laughs> because of many reasons. And then Digimon straight up tells you, what's going to happen i've got siblings because we had the three brothers were helping the young one decide on evolution and then we had the tiny kids firing arrows at the brothers so there's that whole family and brothers theme and then we also had food because the food at the party and team rocket which was funny and then we had motors one being hungry and just wanting to eat everything which wasn't funny and then i've uh, I asked myself the question of how different are these episodes because i want to give this a go i've said that the last one's quite emotional the last two episodes that we've had for like pokemon and digimon but that was last episode <laughs> i know i know it this it, it makes sense to why i'm talking about this uh, and how they're different but we've, we've talked about this already with digimon just having no emotion whatsoever really but if you look at the last episode and we could take that as them being emotional we had quite big intense 
scenes. In our opinion, it didn't feel like it was earned. It failed. But the point they were trying to get across was that there's this, these emotions and we were supposed to feel these things. In this episode, especially in Digimon, didn't feel like they wanted us, they weren't really bothered about how we felt or how they, the, the characters felt. Pokemon has gone straight back into its usual plot structure for filler, which is, you know, them waddling around in circles and stuff and doing whatever they do in each episode. I know that Pokemon has a lot of filler episodes, but the big episodes do sometimes work emotionally. They're quite tense. We've got small arcs where Ash has got smaller goals within goals. And Digimon, I don't feel like they have that, especially in this episode, they have nowhere to go and nothing to do. They're literally waiting for a timer to count down to zero before they can do the next thing. And in Pokemon, yeah, sure, they've got the goal of going to get the badges and stuff. But at the moment, they've just ended up in this one place and they're just waiting around and just chilling out, really. And I feel like Digimon has no chill in this episode or hasn't had chill in a while. It always seems to be so concerned and tense of oh, what do we do next? There's this thing we have to defeat, this thing. And it's nice to see that at least in Pokemon, every once in a while, they're like, just chill out, really. Just do whatever. Let's, you know, spend the day at the beach or relaxing in a forest, which is their usual thing. They just end up at a party with some EVs and they're like, yeah, this is kind of cool. This is fun. We can do this for now. Pokemon's much more laid back just in general it can do a different array of emotions that they don't really do in in digimon in digimon it's constantly like oh this is a threat now this is a threat now this is a threat and in pokemon it's they have team rocket but they're not really a threat if we're honest i mean sometimes they succeed in stealing pokemon but it just it fails ultimately but apart from that they have these episodes where there are big emotional things happening or there's little quests where they've got to go and solve this little problem that they have so i feel like if there were graphs of pokemon and digimon digimon's is like just an escalating scale just a line going up sometimes it flattens out and sometimes it goes down but most of the time it's going up pokemon is like up and down and up and down and up and down by episode which i think's creative in a way that each episode each week you know you can sit down and watch these shows and you never know what you're going to get with pokemon you know this time they could be in a zoo for pokemon or something like that or they could be going to the bottom of the sea in a boat but i feel with digimon it's it's a lot more linear and they can't just have that break to them being happy and stuff pokemon does happier better but i think digimon at times does drama better digimon does characters better yeah okay i think anyway pokemon's just Everything happens to Ash and Co. In Digimon, everything happens to Kari because it's Kari's fault all this is happening. The kids have to decide what they're going to do in Digimon. They have to decide to save the world. Which episode did you enjoy the most? Pokemon. Yeah, at least entertaining to see the new Pokemon and stuff that we see because we haven't seen some of them before and some of them are going to be used later on in different plots. And then Digimon was just lost and it didn't know what it wanted to do with itself. Pokemon, when it has good filler, it's enjoyable and fun. When it has bad filler, it's just dire. Fortunately, this was a good filler episode for Pokemon, so it could be this excuse for a plot episode of Digimon. Cool, so we're giving the point to Pokemon then? Yep, so it's 2018 to Pokemon. Join us again next time, and we'll be watching episode 39. The Battle for Earth and Wake Up Snorlax. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher, where we like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook Twitter, Tumblr, with the World Thread, and email, which are all linked in the show notes. And if you like, you can also support me on my Patreon, which will also be linked in the show notes. Thank you if you do do that. Can I go back to sleep now, please? We have to say bye first. Bye, people. I'm going back to bed. Bye. Butterfree. Primeape. Almost Pikachu. No. <laughs>
how can that be a good thing? I don't know. I don't know. My brain hasn't woke <laughs> up. So, uh, I think it's a favourite uh, thing. Uh, but I don't know why. Cause I, I like hate it because it. it's bad. It's like how I like... Um, I'll talk about it later. I'll talk about it later. Let's get through the plot. But I also know people who think Vulpix are quite cute and they wouldn't evolve it into a Ninetales because Vulpix is adorable and travel-sized. Ninetales is really pretty and strong. In your opinion. I like Vulpix more Ninetales because it's got a little fringe Vulpix. in your eyes. Nope, Ninetales is just better. It has Ninetales. Mm-hmm. And Vulpix has Vulpixes. I don't know. I panicked. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better excuse. Those will always be triplets. You can't evo- you can't grow up into triplets <laughs> yet. Not until I finish the machine. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm hungry now. I am actually really hungry. <laughs> and then there's a brief pause in the recording because we both stopped and thought about food. I can't believe anybody would have yellow or blue, if I'm honest. What? Logistically, a Jolteon is terrifying because. You can't really hug it because it'll just be spointy uh, sp- spikes. Does that make sense? It'll just be spointy spikes. spikes. Yeah. It's fur. It's not the way, actual spikes. The way I imagine it's fur is it looks like um, Flareon, but because of the static in its fur, it's all stood on end. Probably. So that's how I see it. So maybe it, like it's soft spikes so they can move. Yeah, it's fur. <laughs> I don't that's know. That's what I, I said. I take back my... <laughs> Last statement of the not liking the others. They're all okay. Like the first, these three are, they're different and they do serve the purpose of this is what an Eevee would look like if it was a fire type and this is what an Eevee would look like if it's a water type. So, cut music number two. I want to get a little bit of food. The second episode we're watching. Uh, no, I'm getting food. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm gonna go grab biscuits. That's exactly what I'm grabbing. Surely at one point the kids could have gone, hey, your Pokemon have got crests of hope and light. And they're, they're also Pokemon. both angels. Okay, they they're Pokemon. <laughs> I heard it come out of my mouth and I was like, if I just keep Just like, no, I'm going to carry on and pretend that I didn't yeah. mess it up. <laughs> it was just like like a sweat drop appeared on my forehead. And I was like, let's keep talking. Maybe people won't notice this. Let's keep talking about it. But thank you for calling me out and my, getting my mons wrong. Someone will make a bagel sandwich or something. I don't know. <laughs> a bagel sandwich? Yeah. Is that just like two slices of bread with a bagel in between? Yeah. Nice. Nothing else. Just like a slightly stale bagel in between two even slightly staler bits of bread. Then it's mm. crushed together. 